0: Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day for an interview and I was looking really forward to this interview because I've got Juan Ayala with me. Juan is an actor, is a podcast host, he is a a man who is going out there and he's leaving a mark on his surrounding. He is an actor and I wanted to have him on because I personally don't deal well with rejection i i often it it rips my heart out and here he is a man who's living in a, in a in a workplace where he must be applying to so many shows to so many you know gigs and inevitably rejection will be part and parcel of his daily life now if i had to do that oh god oh So I I can't wait to talk to Juan. So Juan, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for having me. Mm.
1: Here,
0: oh man, Um, it is. I I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you uh, as an actor and of all the actors out there because this, in my opinion, this is one of the hardest jobs that you could possibly have because you're putting yourself out there. You're putting everything everything in your heart out to show only to be shredded either by rejection because you don't get the gig and then when you do get the gig and then you've got some idiot writing maybe a not (laughs) as flattering review of you um god my is that, is that, are you actually a glutton for punishment? Is that it? Is the, are you actually a masochist? <laughs> or let's, let's rephrase that a bit. Um, what made you go into acting? Was there something that was close to your heart uh, at, from, from a young age onwards?
1: So yes, absolutely. Uh, I definitely was exposed to music at a very early age. Uh, it was not something that I had experienced much until I'd really gotten to school and also went to a very musical church. Well, when I was growing up, my parents, uh, were Christian and I grew up very much a Christian and, uh, music was a huge part of those church services. And, uh, because of that, uh, I just developed such a huge love for singing and for music. and I eventually learned how to play piano and and so much things involving music. And then when I got into uh, my final year of elementary school uh, or of, of middle school, I guess it was I went to the same school for like my whole childhood, so it's not really uh-huh. divided up traditionally. Um, but because of that, I did my first musical when I was 12 years old. and Ooh. it was based on the stories of Dr. Seuss. and it was uh-huh. called Seussical. A wonderful show that was on Broadway for a while. And that just, it combined so much of what I loved already. Cause as a kid who grew up in the nineties, I loved Disney and Disney films and all of that, the music and the colors. So getting to do something super colorful and musical like Dr. Seuss stories, and it just opened my eyes to what performing really was. It's not just you standing in a choir singing or standing at a microphone it's you're singing and dancing and moving and acting and all of that combined just like absolutely made me fall in love with it um but then we moved after that so i didn't get to do much theater until several years later um, but i eventually found it and fell in love with it all over again
0: Oh beautiful is that because it is so beautiful it is you once you are on stage and you 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 experience this all in there's all focus Mm. on the here and now and music is often so empowering and going to your heart and you're amongst people who are all enjoying that i can imagine the 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 relationships the the Mm. power that is the 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 the, all the feelings that are just being being put out there is very addictive
1: yeah. Oh, there's so much energy that just pours out when you're on stage. Mm. You feel this energy with the audience because they're being entertained by mm. your work. And you're also feeling all this energy and adrenaline yeah. with everyone else on stage with you. And again, ah, just beautiful. that boom of the music just like ah. gives you goosebumps and you're just ready to go. Like all nerves <laughs> to me disappear the second that the music starts when you're on stage.
0: Beautiful. Are you anxious before? Do you have got the flutters? Do you have got, do you feel nervous? or are you looking forward to the thrill?
1: It's a bit of both, you know, you hear the the chatter and the hum mm-hmm. of the audience when you're waiting off stage, uh, and then the lights go down and they start applauding because they know the show is starting and maybe there's an announcement or something, so you have a moment to 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 really calm down. But it, something that I was taught very early by so many of my wonderful music teachers was to uh, to channel all of that energy and just convince yourself that it's excitement. And not nerves, because when it's nerves, you can get in your head and you start to doubt yourself and mm. all of that. But when you tell yourself it's excitement, you're excited to go on and just unleash all this energy, then it just way smoother of a process, you know?
0: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Imposter syndrome. Um, is that, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My middle name. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that voice? Because obviously here you are, uh, if you're successful, you can channel it. And there's, mm-hmm. there's like, like little angel and a little devil sitting here yeah. on your shoulders. <laughs> How do you deal with the bugger on that side?
1: <laughs> oh man. Honestly, it can be a big struggle. Uh, it's something that I know so many actors, uh, deal with and have to uh, confront head on but imposter syndrome is just it is that little devil on your shoulder telling you you're not good enough or you don't deserve this why are you here and you have to just convince yourself because you've you know lord knows actors some actors do hundreds of auditions a year mm. and they book that one job and when they finally book that job and they're on set or they're on stage then that doubt starts to come in it's just like exactly. you have to you have to tell yourself, I deserve to be here. I did all of those other auditions. I worked mm. hard. I did callbacks, mm. multiple auditions for this role. You just have to convince yourself and tell yourself and tell that little bugger to shut it mm. and, and just tell yourself, I deserve to be here. I worked hard because you know actors, we have years of training mm. and then years of experience on top of that and facing all of this rejection mm. that when we finally get to where we want to be we're doubting ourselves all of a sudden and it's just telling yourself i deserve to be here i am enough hmm. and i got this for a reason because a whole team of people in the casting department producers the director the writers they all said yes this is our person so who are who are we to tell all of those people you're crazy you cast the wrong guy nope they cast who they felt was the best
0: ooh nicely turned around Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, now that is something to take home. Um, mm. And it is because it's so hard. I mean, even now I'm, I'm what is it? Uh, this is close to the uh, the 300th um, interview I'm doing. Wow. And uh, it is beautiful. I'm, I'm I'm honored i've got a privilege to talk to such wonderful people as you yourself so i have got a privilege to learn to constantly challenge myself to constantly expand my horizon it's, it's fantastic but yet i still got this imposter syndrome who am i to talk about that i'm yes i'm a doctor so what? Well. i'm not a doctor in 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 addiction medicine i'm not a doctor in whatever and who am I to be a podcaster? So here you go. So I know you've got your own podcast, and yeah. you're talking. Um, it's uh, ish, uh, actors with issues, isn't it? Is that yes. the name of your podcast? Show us, the, show us the the, the artwork. Because it's actually a cool. There it is. There you go. <laughs> actors with issues. I love it. That's a bloody good, uh, good, nice, uh, nice artwork you've created there. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, uh, it is for you to come out there. Most actors will probably rather want to show their good side. They want to sell mm. themselves. You, as an actor, you are a brand. You you are marketing yeah. your own brand. To now say, well, actually, I've got an issue. Um, it's so important <laughs> that you do it. So I, please, yeah. that I've got, I've got such an, uh, such a beautiful feeling about that. You, it's so beautiful that you come out because you're breaking taboos. You, you are demystifying mental health in your own, in your own group, in your own tribe, and that is so mm-hmm. fantastic. But what do other actors actually say about that? but is there is do people frown about that?
1: Um, no, I've actually never or at least not to my face or maybe mm. through a message, but no one's ever said that you know uh, we're putting too much out there. I think that uh, as much of a stigma that things like mental health have been in the past, everyone's becoming much more open with it, especially due to the pandemic. Mm. You know, we're, we're over two years into it at this Mm. point, and we've all dealt with something. We've all lost someone. I Lord knows I've lost people, um, due to COVID and, and you have to talk, you have to, to, I started therapy during the pandemic for the Mm. first time in my life, Lord knows I needed it beforehand, but it's important to, to really talk about all of these issues, um, in a lighthearted way sometimes the conversations that we have on my show can can get a little bit um, dark but it's also enlightening mm. because people are just so willing to be open and talk about these things and the struggles they've dealt with and how they've overcome them you know mm. not just the struggle but how they've dealt with it and how they are where they are today because i've mm. been very fortunate to speak with actors who are very successful uh, you know they might not be household names yet mm.
0: But, mm-hmm.
1: but they're on their way up to it and, and they've had their successes and they talk about the journey getting up there.
0: Beautiful. And in all fairness, you could, you could argue other way around. If you have not gone through the darkness yourself, how the hell can, can you portray someone who is suffering from alcoholism addiction yeah. uh depression anxiety attacks etc so yeah. and it's the same other way around you could make that argument with with junior doctors sometimes uh, i look at junior doctors and they look as if they just barely had had Screwed off the the training wheels on their bike, and here they are talking, <laughs> to, and and it's just it's a prejudice. The older we get, the, the younger our our young doctors look to us, older doctors, right. and you think, my God. Um, but I always believed that you can't just go school, university, and now I'm a doctor. Ha, bullshit. Right. No, you need to live, you need to experience yeah. life. Only then can you understand your patients and their fears and their anxieties, all that. So I think th- there is a similarity there between the two of our professions. We need to to go through harder times to appreciate the light. We need to see the darkness. Absolutely. So, that's beautiful that that is coming out, and that is that you can rephrase that as a strength rather than a darkness. Um, may I ask, are there actually figures out there how many actors do actually break even, and how many actors um, are struggling, and how many actors are struggling with mental health? I have no idea about suicide rates, about, about, um, Uh, other markers for poor mental health amongst actors i think i only know cliches you are really there what have what is your take on things
1: so in terms of those who have sort of broken even or or broken out into industry and are successful the rate is is astronomically low uh because so the the actors union in the u.s at least uh sag AFTRA. Uh, it's a screen actors guild and i believe after is the american federation of radio and television artists i think Mm -hmm. that's what that whole phrase stands for um so for them they have statistics of how many actors members of the guild or of the union um, make above a certain amount of money which is again astronomically low and they have it broken down like 0.001 percent makes above a million a year and then like a very high number makes less than $35,000 a year. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So the $35,000 they use, that or $36,000, I believe, hmm. is what they use because uh, that's when you qualify for uh, health benefits through the union. You have to make that as a minimum, which most actors do not make that much money. In and Interesting. In a year just from acting. Interesting. Because for any, any television show or for a film, you're usually making about $1,000 a day and okay. very few actors are working over 30 days on a set a year at least none that are paying those minimums you know if you're doing a short film you might not be getting paid anything at all if you're doing a local commercial that's low budget it could be hundred dollars a day so you really have to like no work a lot it depends if it's a small local like your local mattress store right. they might pay you two hundred dollars but if it's like sprint or uh or McDonald's they'll they'll pay you several thousand dollars to do that cuz it depends on uh the way that actors get paid is depending on where it'll be shown. Mm. So if it's a national commercial like a Super Bowl, oh there mm. are actors that make like $50,000 off of one Super Bowl commercial. Right. It, it's crazy. And those are the people who, you know, can qualify for those, those health benefits, but there's only so much work out there for actors and
0: to get, you know, how many actors are in a guild? How many? I mean, it's it's one of these dream jobs, isn't it? It There's equally. Hey, I want to be a singer. I want the new. I want to be the new Bon Jovi. Um, All those kind of things. I mean, there are figures out there of bands. I think only one in ten thousand bands actually makes it, kind of a thing. So that's the 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 story that I remember from from uh, music from the music industry. How many actors are in the United States to get an idea? Any idea? Um,
1: I believe it's around one hundred and fifty thousand. members of the union and that's right. just one union right, there's a separate union for theater actors uh, um, that's actors equity association those are right. like the broadway actors yeah. and you can be part of both lots of actors are part of both because they've done the broadway or the other theater mm. that pays in new york uh, or in los angeles or wherever uh, and then there's the, the screen actors guild um, which is uh. for television radio film um, now internet like web series and, and mm. things like that are part of it but yeah, of 150,000 guild members, mm.
0: you know, so I make it times two. Um, that's a ballpark, 300,000 actors in the United States, so one in thousand in the united states as an actor um to actually right. break it down like that well that's uh, and you're all competing for i don't know how many chances so you right. mathematically you see already the challenge that is there yeah my goodness okay
1: speaking statistically for for one role for a one line role let's say it's an episode of uh, law and order yeah. and there's a waiter who says here's your check about 5000 actors are submitted for that role by their agents and their managers. (laughs) So poor casting directors have to go scrolling through all these headshots (laughs) looking for who looks like a waiter. Oh, he's too handsome. Oh, he's too short. Oh, he's too young. So they get the group, maybe down to 25 actors that they will then ask to come in for an audition. Or These days, it's you record your tape and you send it Mm, in. And then only one person gets the job. So, just getting an audition, I, I tell every actor: if you got an audition, that is a huge victory already, because you Isn't beat out four thousand seven hundred and ninety, you know, four thousand nine hundred and fifty <laughs> other people <laughs> wow. for this audition. Wow. And then if you get the callback or the the role, that's yeah. of course a huge win. But actors tend to be like, "Oh, I didn't get it. Uh, uh, I I suck. I'm a loser. Or whatever." And it's just exactly absolutely not. It's you you beat out all these people already because. Your headshot looks like the role. So you've got your marketing materials Mm -hmm. down. Your headshot's like your logo, you know, that's the eye-catching graphic that Mm. they're like, oh, that's who it is. This, this head, like I have a headshot of me in a suit. That headshot got me a role as a news reporter on a television show last year. Um, I have others where I'm like in a a plaid shirt to look like a college student, a little younger. And, Uh, you know, you just have to have this variety uh, uh you know i have the ones with my glasses so i look nerdy you know
0: uh nice <laughs> i'm a nice. huge nerd
1: so it's not hard <laughs> <to> <laughs> <pretend>.
0: <laughs> well, and that's but, that's where luck strikes if you actually exactly. get get a role that reflects uh, a part of you who you actually are rather right. than uh a let's say if you're an intrinsically a uh, a warm and loving person and you have to play a, a, a psychopath uh, yeah. or someone who is extremely bad and it goes against everything that you personally believe in um yeah. so and there's of course much much more of a challenge well, let's come to that yeah. in a moment because it's the mm-hmm. rejection the 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 way we perceive what is happening around us um that is often so bad i'm very good in catastrophizing i'm very good mm-hmm. in oh my god because That's like sabotage. exactly yeah. exactly how do you deal with that have you got that trait in you and how do you deal with it what do you what do you do when there's just another rejection how many rejections yeah. would you get uh a day or let's say a week um
1: so I actually looked up before I interview. I wanted to make sure I had my numbers correctly for me personally, at least. Uh-huh. So uh, I looked at my. Uh, in 2021 was the first year of my career that I've had a manager um, for a full year. So uh-huh. I had, you know, I asked them like, "Can you send me my my submission report, which was like 30 pages long?" Oh, wow, because it was for <laughs> the whole year. Sure. So in the year 2021, they submitted me for a thousand fifty six roles. <laughs> throughout the whole year. (laughs) And this is for one line roles on TV shows. Cause I am in New York city. There's a ton that films here, you know, Uh, the whole long order franchise, the whole FBI franchise on CBS. Uh, There's uh, Netflix films here. There's films and, and you know, so much stuff is here. Uh, It's not just Los Angeles. Like everyone thinks in New York, there's plenty of television. uh, Um, So it's a, that also includes theater roles uh, as well. So it's over a thousand submissions. And of those 1000, I got 82 auditions okay so just under 10 percent. so if wow. you, you know that's that's just over one a week you know 1.4 auditions a week right you know so i was fortunate that i would have at least one audition a week usually some uh, weeks i'd have three in a week and then sure. nothing for a month but then yeah. i have like five again so
0: nice it, it comes rush in rush yeah. at the same time exactly
1: yeah it depends <sighs> on on the sort of season
0: oh uh, yeah how cool is that do you know each and every submission do you or is it just happening before without you actually even knowing the what is going on
1: so the submissions you don't you don't know of them unless you ask your 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 manager or your agent um but then they will tell you the ones they already submitted for sort of after the fact Um, but they yeah they would be emailing you you'd be getting 50 emails a day if you ask them for let me know Uh, every
0: time you submit me you'd get okay constant right So you're protecting yourself to a certain degree by having yeah. actually a manager who actually uh, runs that behind you. That that's your focus. And those don't
1: include in my mind that big number doesn't include the times I've submitted myself uh, for other roles because your agent and your manager they submit you for a whole group of roles that you don't have access to as uh, an actor. They have access to the the big shows, the big uh, commercials, the big of course. Movies. otherwise all these amateurs would be saying give me a chance i want to be a hollywood star
0: of course that makes sense ah logical okay and so how many have you got then how many have you sent out have you got a ballpark there
1: Oh uh, I don't do it often <laughs> enough. That's the thing because I have sometimes I'll be busy with auditions. I'm like, I don't want more. I'm not gonna subject myself to more. And usually <laughs> the ones you submit yourself for are lower paying jobs because right. it's not like the bigger high finance projects. Uh, um so I'll be like a theater show for two hundred dollars a week. That's mm, okay. abysmal. I can't live off of that. So I'm like sure. not even gonna bother. Sure. Um I will submit myself for like a student film or a short film. If I want to just work on something mm. on my day off or try and, you know, just cause I haven't worked on a set since last January. Uh, I booked a role right at the end of 2020 for right after the holidays. So my only booking last year was January of 2021. And but, uh, but I've had multiple callbacks and all mm. this other stuff. You know, I've had lots of auditions, thankfully, um, as we just heard, but, uh, in terms of booking, that was the one. So I will try and submit myself every once in a while, I'll look through the lists and see what I fit for. Mm. But uh, otherwise I, I try not to, cause it can be a lot. Cause I also work, you know, I work, I have, I have a day job. I have two podcasts that I host. I'm in a relationship. <laughs> I've got <laughs> enough on my plate. I don't need more. <laughs>
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? it, it and that's yeah. the balance. That's that's what you need to, to do. But you're truly a thespian. You're truly, you, you live, you, you truly enjoy the stage uh, and let it be a film or let it be theater. Uh, and it's hard, it's hard. Because one of the things I, I have learned, the most important thing really that I've learned is to show up to be actually Mm. reliable, and to be there all the time. Um, And when you say you do something, you actually do it, it doesn't matter if you like it, or if you don't like it, you actually follow through. And I think that is such a beautiful thing when, when, when you actually do that. And for you, you, you pointed towards the multiple roles that you play in your life, you have to bring the money in. May I ask, what is your day job?
1: Uh, So I do a number of things for uh, for this uh, website called Uh MediaVillage.com. I host a podcast for them. Uh, I've been a freelance journalist for them for five years now. Um, So I write television reviews. I interview um, some folks. I will cover events as a reporter. Um, So I do that and I'm doing that in a much larger capacity now. Um, I used to work at a gym. I was working at a gym full time for uh, a whole year. Uh, right after the pandemic and we sort of reopened gyms i was working there prior to covid and then the pandemic shut down mm. and then when we finally reopened i worked as a manager for a mm. year and it was the most draining soul-sucking <laughs> job i have ever had <laughs> i worked a lot of crappy jobs but <laughs> that it was just and again that was the first year that i had a manager right. um, a talent manager so i was getting up before 4am to go open up a gym because we opened at five and i be working these nine hour shifts. I was exhausted. I'd come home and have to study my lines on four hours of sleep and try and get a tape done looking like a zombie. <laughs> and, and then other days I would be working as I wouldn't get home until midnight from work sometimes because I would do the closing shift. So it wasn't consistent. So like my sleep schedule was just so off. Oh no. And and during that time, I was also hosting two podcasts. I'm also emailing and booking interviews and doing my research. And it was just so much. I had to leave that job. The second an opportunity came up at media village for me to uh-huh. get a better position. That was a work from home, flexible position. I took it and ran. I told my boss, all right, here's my two weeks notice. And she said, I'm out too. <laughs> she was leaving as well. She's like, okay, okay. There you we'll go.
0: together. <laughs> well, honestly, sometimes you have to some, and that's the problem. It is often enough we are a, such people pleasers um, that we have not learned to say no, especially in 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 a world of uncertainty such as with you. You don't know where your next role is coming from, so there is all these this the fear of existence, the the fear of of uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. I very much understand where you're coming from at the same token. I love it that you actually realized how counterproductive that was. Um yeah. is burnout a close friend of yours?
1: Oh, we're best friends. Or we were. <laughs> we you haven't were. talked in a while, thankfully. Oh. Um, since since switching to this new role and I'm again, I'm working from home. Yeah. I don't start work until like 9, 10 AM yeah. certain days. So I get to like wake up and have breakfast with my partner and and you know, just catch up on the day and and i'm not sneaking you know tiptoeing out at four in the morning to go to work which was horrible but um during that time that i was working at the gym i was getting so many uh theater auditions and Mm. those to me are 10 times harder than film and tv Mm. because for film and tv sometimes it's one line sometimes it's a couple of scenes which is a little tiring but for theater it's Here's a song, a new song you've never heard of. So you have no reference point. So you have to learn it. Here's a dance combination you have to tape and send in. And here's three uh, scenes. So it's this uh, whole, like, it ends up being like a 10-minute video you're sending rather than 20 seconds for that uh, two-line roll. And it's just so much uh, information you have uh, to learn and and retain and then immediately forget sure. when it's done because then you have to move on to your next audition and and try and balance Shoot. that. And there was this one weekend I had such horrible burnout. I had like a mini meltdown. I had to tell my managers like, so to go back, I'll tell the whole story. <laughs> but um, it was for a new musical um, that would be up in Maine, uh, which is in like, you know, way, way up in New England, um, several hours from from New York. And it was for a new musical. So it was one of those that it's like, here's a, two songs you've never heard of, three scenes, all this material. And what was tough about my work schedule was that on Sundays I would work until 7 p.m. And then the next day on Monday, I would open up the gym. So I'd be at work before five. So I had less than 12 (laughs) hours away from work. Brutal. So I got home on Sunday night after work and was immediately going through my lines. I was so tired and just dreading the next morning, having to wake up even earlier and I was trying to you know i was recording my scenes i'd done the song already because music is easier for me to memorize because there's like rhythm and there's a track to help you and all yeah. of that so i did the the song and then for the scenes we did the first one it was a struggle to get through and i got to the second scene and i just couldn't retain it was a simplest dialogue and i just couldn't get the words out i couldn't remember the flow of the dialogue i was getting so angry at myself that I like needed a minute. I was like getting warm and, and I had to go get water and just take a breath. And then I like just fell to the ground and like put my hand in my face and was just crying. I was like, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't do the simplest thing. Like, why is it so hard? And my poor partner was here. He was, he helps me with all of my audition tapes. He's my reader. And uh, you know, he was just trying to calm me down. And And I, I immediately emailed my managers and I said, you know, the tape wasn't due until like 4 p.m. the next day, but I was working until 2 p.m. from 5 in the morning. So I'm going to rush home and do this tape after working nine hours. So I told them, I said, I don't I have to decline this one. I'm so sorry that I waited this long to do it, but I want to take as much time to learn all the material because yeah. it was so much. And they're like, it's totally fine. And I asked them, I'm like, can I just, can you not submit me for anything for this week? And they were very flexible and they said, absolutely. You know, I told them like, I'm in shambles right now. Like I need, Mm. I need to like take some time for myself. So that week I only focused on my job. Mm -hmm. And I think I had one, I think I had done several podcast episodes, like pre like sort of uh, backlogged. So I didn't have to worry about appointments and everything. So I really just focused Mm -hmm. on work and sleep and exercise and just prioritizing myself and my health again, because I wasn't doing that for so long. And, and again, that's why when this new opportunity came for me to have a more mm. flexible job to work from home, I immediately took it and just made it work for me because I, I needed it because otherwise my managers might've gotten a little tired of me and and not tired of me, but just been like, well, you're burning out every couple of months, like mm. take care of yourself, you know? And they're very big advocates of that. If I have a vacation nice. or anything, I tell them like, Hey, I I'm taking some time for myself. I'm going to be away from these dates. Mm. Then they won't, send me auditions during that time. And, and they're very respectful of that. They've been super supportive and very, uh, very wonderful. Beautiful. It's important for actors to have a team like that, that yeah. is there to support you, not just be like, work, 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 you need to book something. Yeah, exactly. They're just, they know how it works. They've been managers for years. So they know the statistics of a thousand submissions, less than 10% auditions in one booking. They, they understand the scope and the scale of it. They know those sort of statistics, you know. Man.
0: You're so right as far as the, the the need for a support system is concerned. It is so hard for us to be in this leading role. I mean, when you do your role, you are it. You're the man. You're whatever you are. You are responsible to yourself. And there's, I think, a temptation there that you think, no, I'll do it on myself. Um, right. And I guess we all need to recognize that however m- strong you are as a leader and whatever role you have a good strong role within your own society you need to be aware that these are very lonesome lonesome positions so you need yeah. to support and you you spoke very very positively about your managers that uh, they are looking out for you and uh, how beautiful is that who else is in your support team how what is your dream team um that you put <laughs> together
1: <laughs> so my current dream team my my boyfriend is the most supportive person in my life right now um, we've been together for three and a half years and whenever i have an audition tape uh i'll email him the the, the scene so he has it in front of him and yeah. Uh, and can you know help me run lines and he'll be my my partner off camera and uh and yeah he's he's incredibly supportive and he celebrates the victories and he mourns the losses with me oh. and he's he's wonderful and
0: um and, what yeah, does he and, do and, is he an actor as well
1: he's acted before um he did in, in in college he did a few plays in high school and in college but um he's you know in health and studying that oh, uh, he's cool. almost done with that so uh so yeah and and he's been again wonderfully supportive i also have a mentor um who i've known for six or seven years at this point um he is actually the editor-in-chief of where i work now um so he got me that position years ago as a freelancer uh because he needed a a writer to write about spanish language television and they didn't have anyone Mm. he knew i was a writer because i was in a play he was a producer of and you know just sort of things clicked and and sort of led to that and here i am working on a much larger capacity for the company now uh so he's been wonderfully supportive he's gotten me meetings and mm. and will put me on people's radar because he's been in entertainment as a journalist for over 30 years so he knows lots wow. of people so he's able to at least get me on people's radar and mm. and get me a meeting or an introduction or you know hope, uh, we'll go to events whether they're work related or not we'll go to mm. different events together and and just meet people and network and all of that because that's super important as well is, is knowing who is in your circle and who mm. not only who can help you out. I don't like thinking just like that, who can help you out, but also uh, who you can collaborate with. It's better to think mm. of it as a collaboration rather than take, take,
0: take. Absolutely. Know? But that is so beautiful, isn't it? Because the, you, were, you were pointing towards helping uh, uh, a new upcoming uh, production. Uh, you were saying that the, the college plays or you were saying sort of uh, new independent filmmakers who maybe you, you assist in, on your days off. But that is, you don't know if they're going to be the next big thing uh, yeah. five years down the line so it is growing together and growing the, conne- the connections growing a community and and becoming known not just for the sake of i'm known now but actually mm-hmm. giving giving out and i strongly believe in karma if you keep giving if you keep showing up then suddenly new opportunities will come back to you and you're living proof there uh for for that concept i guess the law of attraction uh is right. is I'm very much believer. uh isn't yeah. it no that's yeah. brilliant so here you are you've mm. actually taken a lot of active steps and um, uh, it's intriguing to hear that you were working in the gym because obviously you want to be looking your best. Right. How, much, how much does that work all together? So you're working two free jobs um, to make ends meet, yet you have to look good. Um, so that means you have to do your workouts, like it or lump it. You have to eat healthy because otherwise your skin looks like shit. Um, so how do you do all that? How does that work? I mean, it works for someone like, I don't know, Schwarzenegger. He probably had his private chef and, you know, everything, you know. Is, of course, he can focus on, on his life, but not when you're a young actor or when you're an actor, not not necessarily young. You might be 10 years into the game, but you have not yet made the breakthrough. You still need right. one or two day jobs. How does that work? I mean, I'm struggling in my job to, to, to get the me time in that i deserve and i I, i'm not successful in that Uh, what about you
1: i mean it's so i have like a color-coded google calendar uh, um you know for because i have interviews for for two and for two podcasts that i produce and host there's another one that i just co-host and then there's work-related things personal things auditions that i have to keep track of so i just have this like a rainbows colors mm -hmm. everywhere on this calendar and and i'll try and squeeze in a workout like three times a week if i can nice. something and and i only just started going back to the gym because i was sort of finding my footing and and yeah. i was dealing with some mental health things and just was struggling with motivation and all of that and especially working from home because you're not out already you can't just be like, oh let me stop by the gym i'll bring my shorts with me or something you're like mm-hmm. i have to get off the couch with my laptop where I'm doing my emails (laughs) and then somehow motivate myself to walk to the gym. And you know, it, it is a struggle. And when I was working at the gym, it was easier for me to work out because I would work out during my break. Mm. I would have an hour long break. I don't need an hour to eat or anything. So I would work out for 45 minutes, eat my lunch really quick and then go back. So I was working out a little bit during that time Mm. Um when I was working in the gym part time, I was working out like three hours a day. I'd work out on my break and then stay after my shift and work mm. out for two more hours because I didn't have a manager at that point. so I wasn't auditioning regularly. I just moved to New York at that point, so it was mm. just like work out, work, and then go home, rest, and do it all over again. But once I started getting auditions and it's a great position to be in, of course, what actor doesn't want to have an audition every week, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, it feels silly to complain about it, but it's also <laughs> like, well, no, you have to, you have to recognize yeah. where you're blessed and yeah. also recognize that it's hard. You know, yeah. everyone, the most fortunate people can still have m- mental health issues, even if they're a millionaire, you know, it doesn't matter how much money mm. you have or how busy or not busy your schedule is. We all have the same issues.
0: You know Exactly. And it's so normal. I mean, depression lies close to my heart, um, because I certainly have been in the darkness myself. And at the moment, I put a a book together where we've got uh, 16 co-authors who describe their journey with depression. And I do one for girls and one for boys. So boys do cry is one of the things and I guess one of the big lessons I've learned myself and that comes out in this book it doesn't matter what skin color what what position in society uh you have what gender you subscribe to now it is depression hits everyone and it's a chameleon it, it comes in all kinds of of shapes and, and sizes some of us are down some of us are angry angry yeah and that was mine when you're angry, you I loved it how you described it when you were when you had this burnout there, when you simply could not even function, not even the simplest yeah. lines that you could remember. And that is it's so easy to fall into that. And for you it was burned out, or for others it is a low mood for a longer period of time. No. Wow. I mean, I take my hat off uh, to you. I mean, you are, you are out there, you are leaving a mark, you're, living a life to the fullest. And I I'm can trying. see.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm certainly <laughs> trying. But,
0: <laughs> but, but that is beautiful. That is, you You have seen that what you're doing is a privilege to yourself. And mm-hmm. you have learned at an early stage that maybe uh, completely bang, 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 bang. And then burnout is maybe not the way to go. Um, right. And we all need to learn that. We all need to learn to look after ourselves. Yeah what other routines would you recommend as far as other young actors are concerned Uh, routines of mental well-being and sustaining being sustainable i guess is the Mm -hmm. word that i'm uh, i was looking for um what what do you do with food i mean how how do you try to to keep healthy there
1: so I was very blessed. My dad was a chef for the majority oh, of my life. He has not nice. been for about five years. Yeah, uh, it's funny. People always assume, "Oh, you must have eaten great." I'm like, "No, he just cooked for twelve hours a day. He doesn't want to come home and cook more." <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so instead, he taught us all how to cook. So I love ah. cooking. If I wasn't an actor, I would have a restaurant. I am a firm believer in that. I would have my own restaurant and 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 be a chef, or maybe be someone's private chef. Who knows? But. My boyfriend eats well, that's for sure, because I cook (laughs) (laughs) all meals here.
0: (laughs) Oh, good on you. But it's also therapeutic, isn't it? Uh, Yesterday, I I had friends around and we fired up the pizza oven. And it was so beautiful. For four hours, I was in the kitchen and out in the pizza oven. And it was fun. And it was mm-hmm. so beautiful because i had not i had not done a, a decent cooking stint um for a while and i was knackered afterwards but it was good it tasted yummy i had it down yeah. to a fine art it was such a thrill i loved it yeah. so it's called cool, cool to hear you uh you finding that other part in your life where you can put a smile on someone else's face but in turn yeah. also have a smile on your face and, an achievement, the little yeah, successes. That is
1: absolutely, yeah. That is absolutely my love language is acts of service. Ah. Um, I, I learned that a long time ago, especially in mind you, it's like, it's one of those things like, you know, I love you when I cook for you because <laughs> that's where I put all of my love is into food. <laughs> my mom is a wonderful cook. All of my aunts and uncles are wonderful cooks. Um, only a few of them are like professional, like mm. as, as their job, but, you know, everyone in my family cooks, Lord, Thanksgiving and Christmas feasts. Uh, I have I have 20 cousins on my mother's side of the family. So these are huge potlucks where everyone brings like a tray of chicken, a roast, Spanish rice. Someone brings, you know, just all this wonderful food. I love the holidays for that reason, uh, because you just feel the love through everyone's cooking. Oh, beautiful. And like you said, it is an art, the culinary mm. arts. It is mm definitely an art form and when you can be creative and mix things up and mm. i i really follow recipes i'll look for like okay I cook at this temperature and that's about all i need <laughs> i know what seasonings <laughs> i want today i know what side dishes <laughs> and it very much is therapeutic for me I'll, I'll tell my boyfriend that the kitchen is my zen like don't come to the kitchen stay in the room i'm exactly. gonna cook this is my quiet time i'll pop in a podcast and i'm chopping vegetables and i've got the oven on and, and it's such a wonderful little therapeutic thing for me Um, i yeah i I love cooking for that reason it's just so calming to me and if you're having a bad day you just take your frustration out on the chicken cutlet you're hammering (laughs) down whatever it is that's true
0: isn't it that's that's exactly it but here you are i mean look at all the the active steps that you have taken in your life to be the person now who you were you you turned up regularly, you you looked after yourself, you put together a tribe of a support network, you have identified those things that are important to you, and you try as much as you can to live up to those standards to in- integrate those things that make you strong and sustain you. You are Looking after yourself with the food, with the uh, you, the sleep whenever you can get it. There are so many insights that you have had and that you have now turned into action, and that is beautiful to hear, because that that makes you strong. You have developed the emotional maturity to actually see, okay, it is is me at my absolutely worst, and you have learned the lessons about it. You you don't you actually actively confront taboos and and demystify mental health through your show through your uh, podcast how beautiful is that these are all active steps where you didn't just sort of float around and see what happens in your life but you actually said no shit i need to go down there that you took therapy man that is beautiful so you are creating success by maintaining maintaining the core of you intact by working along on your relationship working on your career working on your wealth working on your body and your health it's beautiful to hear that man it's beautiful you give yourself the best chance and you're you're in you're in a very unpredictable workspace you're in an unpredictable country you're an unpredictable society for christ's sake there's nothing predictable there's no certainty in you apart from the fact that you are a born survivor um because that is that is very clear to me would you describe yourself as that um, firstly,
1: thank you for saying that because, uh, you know, I, I, again, I struggle, I'm saying all of this and having all this advice and sharing my experience, but I still struggle with imposter syndrome. Lord knows every other day I, I think to myself, I didn't do enough today. Uh, you know, again, with all of the nonsense that I do again, I'll, again my color coded calendar, I'll look at my day off the one day that's just white and there's nothing on it. I think I should have, I should have edited today. I should have booked an interview. (laughs) I I just, uh, I hate hustle culture and it's such a prevalent thing in, in among actors. And I really don't like it because it, again, you're going to just burn yourself out and what good are we to ourselves and to other people if we're burnt out? Mm. And that's exactly what all this hustling and grinding and all of that leads to. It's like, you know, no mm. one's going to pay attention to you if you show up to the audition room and you're exhausted, with bags under your eyes, and you can't sit up straight because you're so tired and mm. you're malnourished because you don't mm. take care of you. Have pizza and you have one dollar <laughs> of pizza instead of like something healthy. <laughs> so you true. Know. So true. Yeah, and um, I would definitely describe myself as a survivor. There's a lot that I have um been through, and and I suffered from depression at a very very young age. Um, That was something that I struggled with very early on around 13 years old. Um, I had thoughts of suicide. Um, Thankfully did not take any, any action toward it, but struggled with that from a very young age and didn't talk to anyone about it for years. And, and, and going to therapy for the first time um, last year was, was unpacking all of this trauma that I had and it literally felt like a physical release when When I had done like about a month of therapy just like once a week and and talking about all of these things, uh it felt like I had all this tension inside of me, and like and now I could finally just breathe and relax and be because all of this negativity that i had in trauma that I had was just physically bounding me and when I finally got to talk about it in and, and hear from someone from a therapist that you know, I'm a thrive. I'm not just a, a survivor. I'm a thriver, you know, and just learning mm-hmm. that, like I was, like I said before, that I was enough and that no matter what I do, I am enough mm-hmm. and I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. It's just imposter syndrome from day to day life, not just career. You know, it's just like, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be in this apartment.
0: Exactly. I deserve
1: to be in New York city chasing the career that I want while working on something else that I love to do. Mm. And and just sort of going through that and going through those motions day to day is can be difficult. There are some days that I just if it rains for too many days in a row, I'll feel depressed <laughs> because I didn't get any sunlight. <laughs> I have a vitamin D deficiency and I have seasonal affective disorder. So
0: exactly. Exactly. You know,
1: all these things you just have to learn how to take care of yourself and mm. And again, I do that with food. I, I cook delicious food, but I make sure it's healthy. Huh. Um, I hate. I'm not a big fan of salads, so I'm not often cooking that. But I love like roasted vegetables, and I'll try huh. and make that as nutritious because uh, nothing but you know nothing heals like food. Like a nice home cooked meal mm. made with love that really like can turn my whole day around.
0: So true. So true. Yeah. And again, then use that and create compound interest with it, because you have got that love that you've put into the food that then shines mm-hmm. onto your f- boyfriend, in this case, or maybe onto your family, um that then leads to a positive uh communication, which then reinforces your good feeling. So there you are. So you're starting an avalanche, you're starting, you're starting with little positive uh mm. steps. Uh, you start a movement so to speak in a in a little mini movement like a mexican wave going going through your depart, <laughs> apartment here and that's beautiful We've, we keep forgetting that the power of such little gestures and i love to hear that that you're doing that just a little bit uh the bringing your boyfriend a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or something like that just out of the blue and say here i love you boom um, mm. end of the story it's that's the emotional bank account where we can pay in and pay in and the dividends that you get out of that can be so traumatic and sometimes yeah. we keep forgetting that, especially yeah. when the times get hard and and we want to feel sorry for ourselves and feel maybe yeah when we are not our best selves keep showing up and keep keep doing those little things and that will mm. be an amazing amazing uh reward waiting for you maybe not immediately so if you're sorry guys if you if you want the immediate satisfaction life doesn't tend to give you that so yeah. often <laughs> only in, in bad films that no that's right yeah. <laughs> oh man oh, wow uh you're an amazing man um uh, who do you want to be when you grow up what are the next steps for you oh, what are my. you yearning for <laughs>
1: i'm yearning for an acting career where i don't have to do anything else but act oh beautiful to to be able to provide for myself and my loved mm. ones that's that that's every actor's goal i don't i don't have any interest in being a big movie star or mm. a celebrity i don't ever want anyone to call me a celebrity because <laughs> it just feels icky <laughs> There's a stigma against that. You think celebrity, because you think an actor, you think you don't no one calls Denzel Washington a celebrity. They call him an actor.
0: Ah, uh, interesting. You no, know, he's
1: an actor. They don't say celebrity. That's that's uh, different. That's like a it's just a, a level of of notoriety and, and recognition that you might not always want. Cause you know, celebrities <laughs> like the tabloids uh-huh. and, and gossip and all of that. No one gossip's about Denzel Washington. It's <laughs> you know, but that's nice. the, for me, that's really it is being able to to just work on a TV show regularly on a show that runs yeah. for you know several years or films yeah. or or theater, whatever it is that, that comes my way. But I just want to be able to work regularly as an actor to be able to mm. make my living doing just that.
0: You want to be the best known actor that no one knows. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So people like right. that. <laughs> no, but I hear exactly what you're saying, because it is uh, there is a certain there's a certain pressure, I guess, once you're in the limelight that is so counterproductive and that is so against, how should I say that? It it becomes its own burden um, and I hate that. I love it when people recognize me because of my job in my community and say, oh, Stefan, how are you doing? Thank you so much for looking after me, blah, blah. And that's, that's really, really nice. But at times, it, to now imagine that wherever I go that happens, and happens to an exaggerated degree, oh, Stefan, you're so great. Give me a, a, an autograph. And really, you don't feel like, no. Oh, for fuck's sake, no. No, 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 no. I understand where you're coming from. Yet, where do you draw the middle? Where is where is that healthy line there? And <laughs> so that, tell me tell me in five years when I get you back onto the show, uh, you need to tell me <laughs> how you managed to, to, uh, to negotiate that particular line. Yeah. i think
1: that there's so many wonderful um actors that i i know of or have been fortunate to work with that you know work regularly as actors and they have their group of fans because people watch the show but Mm. they could walk down the street in manhattan in peace and not be like mobbed by a group of fans with Mm. photos and pens and all of that Mm. and that's especially true for for broadway actors you know they're on stage they do the show that's their little audience of the that 900 or 1000 seat theater and then they get to just walk down the street and go home they don't have to worry about you know paparazzi and everyone because they're not at that level but they're still making their their living and a little more Mm. as an actor this would be nice i
0: mean you were saying you were saying that um that so if you are actually making that cutoff of 36,000 US dollars at the start of the show. So there you go. I wish you that you're nice and healthy there in your in your seat, in your in your position. This would be so nice. So I, I cross my fingers. And guys out there, if you have listened and you find uh, Juan as, as well-spoken and entertaining and uh, honest as I have... Then hey guys, hit, hit him up. Come on, there must be a role out there somewhere. Come on, we have <laughs> got we have got thousand thousand four hundred views uh, per show here. Um, so yeah. someone out there must be uh, of you must be a film producer or have an idea <laughs> of collaborating. So you have got you have got one yeah. one question that we didn't actually touch upon, but I think mm-hmm. I want to I want to explore. I know we, our time is running out, but please 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 bear with me, there
1: yeah, of course.
0: You're, you're coming from a um, Hispanic uh, background where really being a macho, being being a, a real man is still very much on the cards. Um, is there... How much do you have to fight a toxic masculinity within yourself? Have you been brought up as boys don't cry? Um, what was your own upbringing, may I ask?
1: Um, thankfully so it's an interesting relationship i have with masculinity uh i realize i'm not the most masculine person in the room uh you know that i that's a given uh i was raised in that culture but i never participated because i knew from a very young age that i was a sensitive kid i would cry my mom encouraged like let let it out let your feelings out no one ever told me my dad never told me
0: uh, oh beautiful you know
1: boys don't cry some of my other older male cousins did some of my uncles would say it to their kids. And I thanked God I did not experience that, but you know, certain things like, you know, don't hold you know, as a kid leaving church, like don't hold your Bible like that. Hold it down to your side. Cause the girls hold it in front of them. I was like, what? It's a book. I'm holding a book. What are you talking about? That was what got to me as a kid. And that traveled with me all throughout right. life really just despising that like I knew what toxic masculinity was before the term came up in the last four or five years. Cause I feel Mm. like we haven't really talked about it in that way beyond the last five years, Mm. toxic masculinity as it's known today. Mm. So um, I definitely have struggled with it and experienced things like that throughout my whole life because of my very big family. I've seen so many different instances of toxic masculinity, um, but I despise it. And I've Mm. really, you know, again, I was not afraid to cry in front of my partner. I was not Beautiful. afraid to tell my team that I just cried and had a meltdown and mm. and needed help and time to focus on myself. And so many mm. people, especially unfortunately in the Hispanic community, mm. uh don't take care of themselves. Mm. They especially the men, because they feel I'm the provider. I can't, I can't take a break. I have to work. I have bills to pay. I have kids to take care of. I have, you know, mouths to feed. So they don't take that time and focus on themselves. Lord knows how many. You know, Hispanic men have heart attacks or strokes because they're not taking care of themselves, and and Lord knows how much their their emotional health and mental health are are taking a toll on their bodies as well, because it's a, that hustle and grind. They'll work sixteen hours a day and then die at fifty from some horrific disease because they didn't take care of themselves. Absolutely, like what kind of life is that? Yeah. Man,
0: wow! No, I'm I'm so pleased you have got so many insights. That either I don't know how they all came to you at an early stage, but I'm so pleased to hear all that. That is, I'm I'm honored to that you came onto my show and that you that you opened up like that. It is so beautiful to see you, your resilience, your your strength showing your honesty, your humility, your integrity. It is beautiful. It's a breath of fresh air. And therefore, I'm, I'm, you honor me for, for coming on to my show. Juan, thank you so much for, for being the man you are and, and letting us learn from, from your lessons. And that was um, a very humbling interview as far as I was concerned. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. so. Much. Thank you so much, uh, Stefan, for having me on. It was such a pleasure uh, chatting with you.
0: Mm. And, guys, out there you've you've seen a prime example here of the importance of taking active steps to look after yourself to go out there to live your life with a passion because that in its own right will feed you will will bring you forward will will drag you out of the darkness. It is the taking action steps that is so, so, so important in our lives. So don't just live unintentionally. No, live intentionally and live with passion. And little teaser here. um, We have just realized that Juan and me that we actually have got so much more to talk about. So this was actually interview one, where we talked about (laughs) resilience, and how to live in a world of, of constant rejection, and still live to your full potential. But there is a darker side to both Juan and me. And uh, he will come back onto this show. And we're going to talk a bit more about other struggles um, that are so important to actually be honest about and talk about. But just a little teaser, Juan will be back. So you guys (laughs) out there, Juan, thank you so much. And you guys out there, live with passion and look after yourself. Bye.
1: Bye, everyone.